so uh, this is just for uh, those who have not listened to the podcast before. Uh, this podcast, Over the Top, is to give you guys a look into conversations that I get to have with coaches and players and so various guests. It's not going to be probably like I bring on a new guest that I haven't talked to in person or over the phone for hours and hours already at that point. So today's guest, John, oh, and by the way, we just stop when things don't get interesting anymore. So who knows <laughs> how good. long that is. Yeah. Um, so let me introduce you semi-informally. This is John um, from ACIT Disc Off on YouTube. Primary, uh, I don't think you have any other socials that you run, right? Just primarily YouTube? N- not really actively, just YouTube right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Disc Golf Course Review does not count as a social. No. But uh, no. you do a lot of work there. You've done a lot of work there. Um, you're a student of Seabass 22, so one of the yep. OGs for all you guys who keep up with that. Um, in my opinion, have you have one of the best, if not the best, like beginner YouTube series free on YouTube for the Disc Golf backhand. And yeah, you're like a neuroscience professor of the mind <laughs> yes yes I, I could tell how strained that was but yeah that's that's fair yeah okay so yeah, that's 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 the day job that's that's still the day job and you know i get to to wrap uh because you know one full-time obsessive hobby isn't enough uh mm-hmm. and i turned that hobby into my job and then i was like well I still kind of get bored or I get tired of that. So I had to aim all of that same anxious, you know, childlike energy at something else. And then now it's disc golf. And uh, I don't know if it's a good thing, honestly, because I am that obsessed with it that, you know, I do things like traverse everything I can find about form. I go through form history. I try to do my amateur study of biomechanics. Um, I listen to all the words people use to describe similar things and then worry about when the words help or when they get in the way for real coaching. Um, and I, I just, I get more interested in, in even less bored of that over time. And so for me, the, the coaching evolution, I, and I've seen you change and everybody changes as they learn has been probably more interesting for me in the last three to six months, especially as you know, I really think. I started to appreciate a lot more of the athleticism in, you know, high level competent form. And I got to tell you, learning that on the wrong side of 35 is, is something else. So I think we might get a little bit into that. Cause I, I kind of, I have sort of a subspecialty and um, probably the kinds of players that are actually pretty advanced, but really interested in like minor mechanical changes or major mechanical changes that they want to make or people kind of more in the middle age range where they're much more likely to have one or more limitations they're working with for one reason or another. And that has maybe taught me just as much about mechanics and form as anything else, because I'm, I'm kind of going through that with that population as well. So, so we make it into that a bit, but you know, um, I guess where, where I'm at now, just to give that up to speed is I, I go part-time with this. I, um, as I mentioned, coach primarily to amateurs on and off. I do a lot of that through like text and video, uh, online format. I do pick up, uh, some private one-on-one sessions when, when people want to do that. Occasionally I do a little bit in person. And so, uh, in the summer, I usually look forward to doing a little bit more of that. 
Um, it has become a bigger footprint of my spare time and, um, you know, I just love it. I love every minute I get to spend on it, frankly. So, you know, I still think it's awesome that you've, you've fully professionalized this and turned this into a full-time gig. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into that as we go. But uh, anyway, I just want to start off there. Yeah, there's so much there that I want to talk about. I'm trying to track and remember all of it. So first off, a little bit about your coaching style, um, because your personality plays in this, obviously, where you have this very technical background in your other hobby slash day job, which is understanding how the mind works, which anybody can imagine is very technical. And you had mentioned the words that studying the words that people use and whether it produces the correct result or the incorrect result, because we can use correct terminology, but if it doesn't communicate correctly, the student doesn't understand it and apply that in the correct manner, then what words you use don't matter, no matter how right they are. So we've talked about this before, but we've kind of got feel-based coaches who use a lot of feel-based terminology, um, and then we've got coaches that are more real-based in how they describe things, where everything's very literal, So, and they couldn't dream of saying something that felt correct but was actually incorrect terminology and you fall more on the real side than you do on the feel side but not not the most technical but certainly more technical than i i describe things yeah and i i think it would probably be fun at some point in this we should talk about feel i, I think at some length because i i think my my firsthand experience in coaching interactions change over time with respect to even how I think about that or coach about it too. So, so that, that might be another good thing we touch on today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what did you have in mind on feel? Well, you know, I, for, for me, uh, somebody that, and again, it's just important to say about that there's a difference obviously before how, who we are coming into it and how we start to learn. And I think most people are improving for years and years if they, they stick with it. And so I, I would still say, my my body, my throwing style, I hope continues to develop despite, you know, not getting any younger. But I think you see plenty of people older continuing to improve if they just have to be a little more careful with how they go about it. And going through that for me um, has taught me a lot about, well, moving better, right? And we can talk about how you know what that is and what that means as part of feel. Um, first, it would always surprise me that it always felt easier than the thing I was doing before. So the, the feel was always sort of like, oh, this feels lower and lower effort. But mm. what sort of happened for me is I kind of entered a range where parts of my body physically are having trouble doing this. I'm not flexible enough here. I'm literally not strong enough because I was, you know, the traditional meathead at one point, neglecting my legs, doing all upper body centered Olympic. I thought I was doing legs, but not really, you know, that kind of thing. I go through a pandemic, I end up with like a, literally a dedicated physical therapy for knee injuries and, and weakness and learn a lot about athletic training about, well, how do people in other throwing sports develop baseline conditioning to pull off the moves that they do? Because I think one of the things we we underestimate in this, and then you see these debates all the time, is like, how much does strength have to do with it? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is actually pretty well studied, it turns out, in things like golf and baseball, where there's not just a lot of money in it, but a lot of money in optimizing very good players. And what's interesting is there's a lot of data showing that, well, 
of course, you have to have enough baseline strength, dynamic strength, call fast twitch conditioning, however you want to phrase it, to move well. And I think what you kind of do is different people get that earlier or later, right? The young kids are developing all that as they're growing up. And that's, I've seen you do this too. Like maybe you want to tamper with less early on, just kind of like get the body on the right track. It's soaking it up like a sponge. It's recovering faster and better, better and better. The, the feel is kind of almost a non-issue sometimes because they're just doing certain things. They don't, they don't, that, that word feel doesn't even necessarily need to enter the mind, right? little bit older my experience had been for my personal development that weird effort diminishing throwing farther more easily more consistently but then my body started sending more and new signals about like man I'm like kind of injured here a little bit or oh man like I, I can't get my legs to carry me that way right like literally and so some of that for me was physical therapy in the beginning and then kind of this weird intermediate phase about yeah, I need to got actually go spend some time in the gym, shoring up places where I was never that strong relative to my size, and I got weaker during this period of the pandemic. So feel for me turned into a, a second phase recently, which was how does it feel effortless, but also feel like the the kind of right kind of athletic movement, kind of imbalance and control, but you're also kind of that loose and flowing, right? Like you know, there's there's really a feel to it. And the closest thing I had to that was when I would box because I learned it when I was young. Problem with boxing is you're physically hitting, you're not throwing, and you're moving kind of forward and back in a slot. Like there's lateral movement, but nothing like this extreme lateral move in the disc golf. Well, guess what? Creates a whole different muscular chain, right? To to do that well. And so so I've been learning a lot about that, just even academically, trying to figure out, you know, what do sports coaches do in those regimes? How do you build that in the first place? And when people are really trying to to kind of optimize and improve, what, what does that take? Some people just have it and they don't have to worry about it. Other people really have to work hard for it. So that, that's been interesting. So the feel to me is an evolving thing. I would never say, don't worry about feel ever. Like pay attention, does it hurt, right? Does that feel harder to you? Well, there's two kinds of harder to you. Is it like you're really pushing the max of how you're moving and that's the point? Or is it like you're muscling up somewhere in the chain and that is just a dorked wing? Like do not do that, right? And so anyway, so these are just kind of thoughts floating around my head recently. Yeah, it's... Navigating between the feel of, okay, this feel, this feel cue creates an athletic movement versus this, like, what do I feel is actually stronger versus what's just me putting out more effort. Yeah. Because the big thing with kids is you can show them stuff. You can very, very easily over explain with kids because they have the natural feel of movements and they don't get out of that very much. So you don't have to explain so much with kids the uh, mechanics of, you know, you're going to crush this and you're going to crush your heel down and then you're going to feel that you're pressing up against the ground and that you're making use of, you don't have to go into all that because they don't, they've already got that it's like i just want you to stop as hard as you can on your front foot just you know if there was a scale there i just want it to read five times ten times as heavy as you are and that's enough for a kid right you don't have to explain the how and the feel of the mechanic and what happens when that they've just got it a lot of times sometimes you have to overcorrect but i see a lot of i've seen a lot of parents 
explain mechanics in a real way to kids and then they mess up their feel. Yeah. And now they have something that's just really funky looking and not smooth and athletic, but yeah. Yeah, and I, mean, I I don't think you know. That actually remind me, what what? How old were you when you first threw a disc? Oh, I was in college. It was yeah. late. Yeah, and and very early on, what was that like early learning phase looking like? I played a bunch. Yeah, and I yeah I played a bunch and I threw a bunch and yeah I didn't do I didn't do too much and my form on the backhand side I don't know if it was good or bad. Um, I wish I. Knew what that looked like um, after all these years, but I felt like it wasn't that good. I feel like I throw the backhand way further now than when I first started, mm-hmm. but uh, who knows? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so you, you're kind of like in that straddle of like you were just organically going out there chucking, and mm-hmm. you're getting the job done for your college level performance at the time, right? And so we all enter kind of in these different places and I bet your feel was some weird intermediate between the little kid, right. And what I was doing in my thirties and and so on, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for, and we kind of talked about on the loop ghost podcast episode last time where the training and all that's just not there in disc golf. I don't feel like we need to rehash that too much, but there's a lot to be said for, there's just stuff that you can't do. Like when you're a kid, some of these kids sliding around on hard court and tennis, so from tennis or a kid sliding on clay or a kid sliding in baseball, it's, there's just stuff that they do where we as adults don't, our brain goes, that's off balance. Yeah. Don't do Injury it. is coming. Do yes. Do not And make that, that gets happen. worse as you get older. Yes, for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fun little yeah. homework assignment is there's like this trend going around where people my age are asking their parents like, dad, can you skip? And they can't skip. Oh, they forgot no. how to skip. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? This is like their brain is one. It's forgotten the movement because they're out of practice Two, their brain has a, real mental block there about what we would consider if you say it verbally a very simple motion so at home if you're listening to this and there's nobody else around like see if you can skip yeah do it (laughs) you might be half to i'm serious though like the number of weird stuff i do in my basement or just like dirt while i'm like cooking an omelet or whatever just like these little experiments because it's like Get in touch with that inner kid is my first kind of field advice. Like, I hope just by moving around, you can kind of access like, oh, yeah, like I like to use screw around a fire hydrant like that, you know, whatever back in the day. It's like whatever gets your body moving and like worrying less. And I, I mean this, I've said this, I don't know how many times before, but there's a little uh, a little clip I watch of this little baby just after they learn to take their first steps. Mm. And I have the same video, I'm fortunate, of my daughter taking her first steps, like, to mama. And it's, it's like, it's like reckless, right? It's like that big freaking head careening them, mm-hmm. right, toward mama and the, the feet. Like, that. that's more like what learning something that athletic really is. And that's kind of the freewheeling concept I like to use. And so what does it mean to feel freewheeling? I mean, I'll, I'll name it, like... Literally, I've had a shot of whiskey sometimes when I was like, I'm just like, I can tell my body is afraid to move like that. And part of that's my history, adulthood, whatever, you know, fear. And it's like, don't get reckless, 
but like just get to be okay with getting a little off balance before you're on balance that's another really hard lesson i had to relearn right that, that's actually probably on my own work half of what i'm doing and then when i work with other players it's like you know like if i see you in person i'm gonna pull you off balance intentionally to try to overcorrect you to something more like where we, we want you to be and i man I, josh i'm sure you've been through this when you do it in person but like and i heard you talk about this with loop ghost when i can grab somebody touch them like shift their body like figure out oh like literally you can't get your torso back more than 30 percent in that direction like that's you feel tension because you're inflexible well you got to go spend two or three weeks on that but how's that feel to you it's like oh okay a couple weeks later you're moving back like that's the feel conversation to me right it's like two bodies working together if they're remote like getting them in places where it's like i want you to feel a little off balance before you're on balance again and i want you to, i want to feel like where's the edge of that uncomfortable regime where, where, where do you feel uncomfortable like i want you to work in that space we all know it's like we shrink back when it gets uncomfortable you know you got you got to commit to that as long as you're not getting hurt right i want you to commit to getting uncomfortable right I, I had a friend of mine right we got into a lively debate about language and like why all the form stuff on the internet sucks because like everybody's using the same word in different ways or different words for whatever i'm like i totally hear you this is the same frustration i have i had a new drum like just you know try to kick this leg back to try to get his body to swing the direction i wanted to overcorrect the opposite problem i'm like no like like kick me in the stomach right it's like so something i had to learn was like no like really overcorrect it sometimes because your your brain, your adult brain especially, is too dumb to figure out the difference. It is a huge signal. It is a huge signal sometimes. And then, okay, you're like now you can kind of back up and figure out the sweet spots. So that's kind of another kind of feel component for me where I'm like, use emotion. Sometimes I use emotion language now. But kick me. Get angry at me. You're not mad enough at me. Kick at me. Right? Like, okay, and then I see you get loose again. Like, good. That's what we want. So there's like a lot of ways to get there. And I think that's that's coaching-wise, it's where I'm learning a lot recently too just like how to get people in that mode right yeah it's you once you it's such a huge success when you're working with someone where they've got this issue and you can successfully get the pendulum to swing all the way the other way yeah you're like that's it <laughs> yeah like, that is exactly what i wanted <laughs> and they're like oh that's you know too much hyzer or whatever yeah, yeah you get them like with body is. tilt and it's like sure but something different we went on the other side yeah right so we had to do this we had to swing the other side and now we can find the middle but you've got to go to the other side before you can find the middle it's kind of weird i was oh funny story i was with a kid um there were some kids in a pool and i was in charge of them so to make that not sound like too weird i was gonna be like there's a kid i was with a kid in a pool no i was in charge I got you. We were on vacation last week. I was in the pool a lot with other kids, with my daughter as well, and my wife. It was it was a family pool environment. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid, I, I don't know, he was in middle school, but his brain was like an adult brain. It was so annoying. So this kid was like, I, I can't dive. And so he would like go in and he would go like this and he would just like belly flop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. And I'm like, okay, here's what you got to do. And you're trying to explain this. Like, how do you explain a dive? Are you kidding me? You don't know how to dive? It's like, okay, we'll just do this. Like, do your little thing that you're doing and just let your head drop, but keep your feet there. Yeah. 
All right. And then it's like, okay, they get like almost halfway there. And you're like, okay, cool. Next, when your head starts to drop, and I, I never coached diving before, but it's like next when your head starts to drop, kick your feet up and yeah. do a front flip. And yeah. so then he goes like way over and he does a front flip. And it's like, boom, there it is. Yeah. He's like, no, that wasn't it. That was a front flip. And I was like, but now you've done on one side of it and you've done on the other side of it. Now I just got to meet in the middle. And yeah. then eventually he started getting it, but he kept complaining. He was, I was like, dude, the next day he's like, I can't, it's going to hurt. I, I don't want to do it. I'm like, bro. You've already, there's nothing else to say. You just got to do it now. And I'm not having this conversation anymore. So do the flip or I mean, do the dive or don't do the dive, but I'm done talking. It's time to do. So once he got over, eventually he started, you know, diving on the regular, but it was interesting to have that conversation with the kid first off. And then second yeah. off, it's just like any athletic movement this happens with, which brings yeah. me kind of to a fun one that I've had some of my students do is I've had some of my students just like, Socks on the hardwood floor slide. Sure. For, you know, bracing purposes. It's like, this is kind of like the brace. It's like, you need to stop on this front foot. You're going to be balanced, but you can't slide if you're on top of your front foot. Yeah. Right. So, and then the same kind of deal is when you stop on that front foot, your back foot slides in and all that good stuff. But it's a, it's been helpful for a couple of my students for sure. Bracing's tough. But yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, so, you know, bracing, shifting, weight shift, lead with your butt, not lead with your butt. Does it rotate as a lateral, right? Mm -hmm. we, we could do this for probably an hour and a half and, and split the hairs. And I think, I remember a while ago you had a video where you're like, well, it's both. And I mean, in terms of lateral and rotational, I agree because it's like, it's your hips and their legs and it's a ball and socket joint. Like it's not a robot, mm -hmm. right? And, um, I, I think the problem is like, I, I've studied more things that I care to say about, uh, golf biomechanics and, and baseball and pitching about, you know, pressure flow and like how a posture relates to that because I care to know it. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't always help you teach it. I think, first of all, I think you guys will still find it like where the player is and the drills. Uh, some people have more trouble with that. I think what you're describing, like kind of feeling like they're landed posted on top of it, not going anywhere. Some people are really uncomfortable with like moving their body along the floor. And the, the first thing that came to mind when you said that was this, this old clip of uh, David Wiggins throwing distance drives and it's got a camera face on mm -hmm. and you can see him slide out. Yeah. Cause in he's in that camera. desert dirt. Yep. So the ground's giving way, but you, you can be pretty darn sure the guy was, when the ground's not giving way, also feels dynamically really firmly posted up on that. And so the thing I had trouble with, and I think a lot of players do when I work with them now, is, you know, this this kind of feeling of like your whole body's like doing this weird move where you're coming in on kind of this this tilt into the landing, kind of like doing a skater. But, but when you land, you need to be like dynamically braced in this direction right and kind of swinging out from there but the easiest way to learn it usually is kind of like land more on top and don't go anywhere forward it's like the weirdest thing mm -hmm. right and i think you know i've i've messed with things and learned things from um you know soccer style drills so my my coach uses a couple of those and they've taught me a lot but the consistent theme there is like whatever i can do to get you to shift land on that like supposedly really strong thing you call a leg and let it do a lot of the work for you just by how you land on it. That That is, I don't know if it's number one, 
but it has got to be in the top five of the hardest things everybody has to learn uh, in the back end. It, it's it's just remarkable how much trouble people have. And then somewhere else, tied right ahead of it or whatever for me, the shift off the rear leg, right? Like, like how do I get that knee to look like the drop? And I was like, well, it's this weird combination of how your body is going into it and your posture and this weird combination of athletic but relaxed in that posture getting onto that front leg. Right. So like I've probably done in some version of every single shift drill I've thought of, I've done like socks on the floor too. Right. Cause there's also like arguments people can get into is like, well, footwear matters. Of course it does. Right. I want to do actual throwing drills typically in footwear very much like, if not the same, I'm going to do disc golf throws. But I think you can also learn other things by like kind of getting the ground unsteady under you like socks. Right. What does that, what does that teach you about what it means to be balanced on that foot or not? Right. So I think that, I think that's creative. And I think you got to experiment sometimes to, to make it click for people. Yeah. It's tough. I, I, it's just tough all around. And Chris Taylor just ran the preserve distance comp and he made an observation. He said that out of all the guys at the distance comp, the only person that learned a proper brace after the age of 18 was Ezra. Really? Yep. That's Everyone else started super young. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to be said. Again, I, there are, I just think about how many people I could teach to slide if they don't currently know how to slide. Yeah. On the floor. Like, if you cannot currently slide across the floor in your socks, then, and you've got that mental block there, like, there is a chance, and I hate to say this as a coach, because I'm always, I never want to clip the wings. Sure, but, yeah. But there's a chance, like, if we take something real, I mean, sliding on the floor, okay, it's not as difficult as the disc golf brace. No, I don't think Agreed. it is. Right. <laughs> so, but, if but you can't hard slide on the it, floor, yeah. Yeah. If you can't slide on the floor and be balanced and have your body trust that, there's no shot you're getting the brace. I I think that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just that's like how complex the 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 not the movement in itself, which it is complex, but the whole mental barriers that go along with all that. It's yeah. just there's gonna be a point where there are students that you work with where the brace is just not going to happen. No. And so you've got to decide, like, hey, am I actually teaching the brace here or are we doing what we can without it? Which there's a lot that you kind of get rid of when you say, okay, if you don't have this lateral shift into the brace, well, you're going to bring in with the upper body, you know, rounding to some extent, maybe not in its most egregious form, but there's a lot of stuff that you're saying, okay, you know, we're never throwing past, you know, 55 or 60 or whatever it is with a brace. Yeah. And I, I, I believe in, in real learning limits too. Like I, I hate to admit it, but I, I think it happens. I mean, again, just to be self-retorential as a case say, like I am a glutton for punishment, right? So I have, it's, it's horrifying the number of details I've been through just in this pursuit of this thing that, it stopped. It started as safety for me, and then of course it became like you know what gains can I get, and then kind of running into like body and physical limits. There's diminishing returns on what I get at a, a certain level, 
but I just will keep pushing until I'm not interested or I can't. And something I really learned from that is like, you know, today I'm still working on similar issues, getting off the rear leg or the drive leg onto that plant, even though that plant braced for a while has has actually looked pretty good for me in in a few ways. And I thought that was kind of interesting because it used to be I couldn't do the bracing at all because of the history of injury, ligament damage to my knees. It subconsciously, brains really like to protect you from pain. So my knee would always want to collapse doing the exact opposite action. I could throw pretty far with that, actually. And then I made the choice at that point about, well, I can kind of do this compensatory thing and it's sort of working out. I'll be getting consistently or can I just go for the money? Long story short, here we are. And now it's the opposite on the rear side. And just from this morning, I realized I'm like, well, I'm cramped up in the hamstring again. The action's kind of late and opposite, and he's, I can see it. My coach sees it, right? Well, you know, I'm going to take a little break and keep taking a whack at it, but take a new angle every time. But be open to that new angle every time. I mean, the number of times, Josh, I'm sure you've seen hundreds of cases of this. It's like, one, there's like the argument type. Uh, there's the sort of like, just, just tell me what to do type. There's the inquisitive types, right? There's all kinds of types of learners and, and I'd learn from each of them trying to work with them. And for me is like a, a mostly take it in learner, even though I want to argue and, and critique as, as a trainee or mentee, this is kind of advice going back to, to any listeners is like, again, be in that childlike mode, be always curious, right? But please try everything at least once. Right. And then like, probably like the things that are good for you, you need to do a couple thousand times before they click. And like, you, you did this as a kid without having to be told that most of us. Right. So I just think that, you know, there's, there's this kind of interesting nonlinear thing we all go through when you run into a barrier, right. Try to flow around it. And if it's just not working out for you, I can't tell you that like dozens of things where they didn't work for me until months later. And you see the same in students all the time. It's like, okay, like, that, I think that's the cause of the problem. We can't actually fix this cause right now. Let's go work on this other thing for a while. And they come back or for whatever reason, their body kind of figures it out halfway. And they go, oh, now you got it. Sometimes they figure it out and you never had to say anything about it again. You just don't say anything about it again because you don't want them to overthink it now. Right? So I don't know. I'm sure you've seen those cases, but that's what it was coming to mind. Yeah. I've. It is not uncommon for me to fire students because of this. <laughs> it's like, look... We, you've got it. I've explained it as I can explain it. You show with shadow swings. You need time. Like, I don't want to see you next month. You go spend a month or two and just getting after it. Because at some point, you're going to need time and reps. And so we, you'd send kids off with tennis and uh, you wouldn't see them for a year. And all the stuff you told them, you know, you told them a million times you know, do this, do that, and, you know, move your feet. You need to, you need to come up, you know, serving. It's like one of those things. It's like, once you figure out how to move this thing on the edge, instead of going straight at it with the strings, once you get that conceptually and your body gets it, it's like, cool. That's like a big barrier. <laughs> so you'd send, you wouldn't see a kid for a year and then they'd come back and you'd be like, whoa, your serves better. Yeah. Like Ben, your serve's great, man. What'd you do? Uh, like, who? Do you take lessons or what? He's like, nah, I hadn't really played no. much. And it's like, what? Yeah. Are yeah. you kidding? Like, yeah. what happened? Like, his body just eventually figured it out. And it's hard to know. It's 
hard to know when those times are with students. And it's really easy as the coach to be like, man, there's something that I'm missing that I haven't said yet or something that I haven't had them do yet. And yeah. you start putting that onus on yourself. Yeah. And it's hard to find the difference between I haven't explained it in a way that they understand it or I've explained it and they just can't understand it right now. And the answer is time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, now I, I've needed to be told that I, I tell other people that, right. And like, sometimes, uh, it's, it's like the loving shove away is what I call it now is it's sort of like, especially in person, I've like shoved you into the direction I want you like physically in person. If I can do it, I'm like that, that's more like what I want your body to do. I don't, I don't want to even talk to you about it for two weeks. Just mm -hmm. go do that. And they'll come back and some of them get it and others kind of sort of get it. But I'm like, no, no, like much bigger than that. Or like, no, I'm actually kind of at the angle over there, but you know, it is that kind of spontaneous, your brain has figured it out and it comes back out. We don't actually even neuroscientifically fully understand that sort of aha moment. It happens in like ideas, it happens in the body, but it's something our bodies and brains do. And I, I, I'm fascinated by that sort of like optimal learning, right? So like for me, rest has become probably the most important part of what I work on now. It's like stopping myself from doing certain compulsive things right so when i when i work with people now you know like sure like the guy who's 22 and built like a wireframe and has been throwing for 10 years can do stuff every day i can't physically do myself right and there's going to be somebody in between so i spent a little more time early on kind of assessing and profiling a person right and it's kind of like where are you coming from i'm making guesses right as a coach about what can your body probably handle and then i'm like i'm not usually harping on like i'm listening for signals right signals that like oh you're kind of getting it and i just need to shut up and leave it alone you're totally not getting it and you might not and that's fine other times it's like Ooh, that might be kind of hurting you maybe we need to back up a step and you know slow you down for a second right and, and those things i'm finding you know when you get out there in the wild that's super hard to predict Right. You can kind of get like average guesses I'm finding, but it's like every everybody really is different enough that you just kind of have to like go with the flow. Right. Now you've got you've got students that are online. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of American based students, but you've also got some European students that you picked up. Are we allowed to talk about Yeah, that? a couple. Yeah. So tell me yeah. about that. Kind of spontaneous. So, so one of the benefits of me being uh, obsessive on uh, for which, by the way, just got a facelift at DGCR. If you haven't seen it yet, disc golf course review. So they okay, yeah, I I saw something. I don't know where I saw it. Maybe Reddit or Facebook. I don't know, but yeah. it had said that that happened. And I was I actually thought of you. I was like, oh no, like are all the um, did it mess with any of the old posts? Are they all still there? Well, so that question it is remarkable that. So far, I haven't seen anything lost other than there's this nifty hole of the day thread, and I can't see the images of the holes anymore. But mm -hmm. other than that, I'm like, most of the functionality is there. I'm impressed with that part. But what you'll see is like a lot of the like diehards there, of course, have very strong opinions about one way or the other, a lot of things. So I'm, I'm mostly staying out of that, to be honest, because I've mostly frequent the technique form critique session, but I'm, I'm always watching. Yeah. Uh, so it's entertaining over there. I feel like everybody on disc golf course review mainly has a pretty strong opinion about I things think so. in general. Yeah. It's just something about that. It's like, 
It's not quite Reddit, but something about that forum brings out very strong opinions in people. Maybe yeah. it's all the writing. I, I think it is. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm an academic. I can't help it. Like, I kind of like the long format. You know, I, I enjoy a good debate, right? So, like, I totally get why I'm there. Um, a lot of different reasons people go there to have very strong opinions. I guess I'll just say it that way. Mm. So, so that the back to the question, sorry about the the European context. So, like, I'm in there. I'm you know both learning from my coach. Hopefully, not messing up his online critiques too much. Because uh, part of how I learn is by challenging myself to kind of interact with those those discussions too. And then a couple of these folks found their way to me just by having watched my interaction and compulsive writing and sort of struggling through it myself there. And I, I seem to pick up, um, and I don't know if this is going to end up being a sort of a pattern, but I'd welcome it if it was like the, the sort of people that are, are, that like the technically minded stuff, but have trouble connecting it to the field stuff. And so I found it as sort of this interesting thing where the, the couple um, European players that have come to me, first of all, look nothing like me. They're like traditional, like your body looks like it's going to be good at disc golf if you stick with it in the sense like, oh, you're built essentially like a European replicant of Eagle McMahon. Like, I know why you throw far already, right? Like I can see it in your form and your build. Um, but what they want is like, look, I know I'm still not moving optimally. You know, this person has pointed out, this person has pointed out. I, I kind of like the way you, you, you spend time on the mechanics, um, but you talk about it a little differently. Right. And so, so then when we get to the live session where I do this kind of intermediate thing where like I offer, I'll give you a 15 minute breakdown where I'll do it almost kind of like a mini lecture for five minutes. So like, let me, let me point out things linearly and I'll do a real time demo of the drills if they don't want to do it all live. And then they can refer back to that over time. And so I, that's kind of working for a couple of people for whatever reason over overseas where they sort of like, you know, uh, they have a kind of a pension. I think some of that's acculturated in, in strains over there for mechanical detail. But what they really want is that word. They want to get a feel for it too. So like, well, what does it feel like? When I'm like, oh, okay. And I just kind of bounce some words off them. It's kind of interesting because usually their English is at least as proficient as mine, if not better. And, you know, uh, but there's kind of a cultural difference in how they, they the, the information flows. And I'm loving that, honestly. It's just kind of like, it's a, it's a different frame of mind. I'm like, oh, like, I love these people. They're great. Are yeah. they German? Not yet. <laughs> which which is a great guess, and that's surprising. Uh, Norwegian. I think yeah. I have one Finn now. Yeah, so that kind of, you know, there's the that scene bubbles up. Yeah, that's kind of the stuff that you pick up on as a coach. It's like if you've got a German student, it's like just go ahead and send them over to Seabass right now. Yeah. They're gonna be they're all engineers. They like, love it. They're all doop, 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 doop. They um, love that's it. how they're fine. It's like, oh, French? Send them over to Josh. <laughs> right. so we'll just talk about feelings and stuff you know maybe it's another country that's a little bit better but yeah you know, just floridly yeah. it's gonna be beautiful in every way it's gonna be great yeah so um cool how are they finding you how are you taking so are you actively wanting more of a client base how are they finding you just give me the so lowdown yeah good, good question so I, i've been low-key on purpose in part because so Full disclosure was I was nearing my my last year going up for tenure, which I'm now pleased to report I have successfully achieved. Um, and sweet, that means uh, you make good money, better uh, yeah, money. I, I, I better. I would never say that you know professors are in your your top pay grade, but I, I would say compared to the amount of freedom and choice I make, I, I'm doing okay there, and so that's right. nice. And um, look, I'm also diehard. I believe that 
part of what I'm supposed to do with that is be creative and learn. Um, and so, you know, I'm permitting myself to be a little bit more open to, to the expanding that coaching base. Um, and so, you know, usually for me, it's kind of like I'm chiming in on forum format cause I can do that in like two minutes, make a quick image, point it out to a person. Um, the, the more work intensive things, uh, I'd enjoy a lot. And so when that's, that's working with somebody, I'll, I'll do it. And I, I don't mind the, the online live format as, as you do as your, your midstay. I, I found that. Uh, some things you can are you have a hard time doing with that, but there are actually quite a few things, certainly much more easily than a forum exchange for a lot of people. Anyway, long-winded way of saying all that. Yeah. yeah. So you're lo- you're open to accepting more students, but you don't have, for example, we wouldn't say reach out to him here and with oh, your you, lessening you, you could, I mean, you can shoot me an email at aceatdiscgolf at gmail.com. And, you know, I, my promise is I'm getting more on top of the, the traffic there. I am still feeling out um, the, the flow rate of what I can handle right now. So if people can forgive me if they really are interested and in, as I'm kind of figuring out a model for that. Um, but my promise would be to, like, at least get an initial estimate and correspondence back to people. One of the reasons I offer this uh, sort of, I'll do a 15-minute breakdown for you is because if it's going to be hard to get full half hour or whatever segments as regularly as people want, that's something I can give somebody to chew on over time um, and kind of let them do a little bit of their own work as well. So uh, I'm happy to also share that uh, with folks. Yeah. Yeah. The format of like what you offer is so tough, especially over time zones. And there's so much that goes into it. You and I have talked kind of about how we have chosen to format things but it's such an interesting world right now of what do I offer when through text versus live stream versus online stuff. It's it's a lot. So well, I, I understand is, the trepidation. Yeah, and, and here's kind of a maybe a segue back to you and I, I think a thread from the, the Luke Ghost chat, but I don't know that you dug into this fully is, you know, you you guys are talking a little bit about a lot of your portfolio right now is is online. And so, you know, you basically got a specialization that's fairly unique learning to coach in that format, which is just kind of a virtue of our era. But also you don't have like hubs of tennis resorts, right? With like local coaches Mm -hmm. and all that. And you're talking about the financial incentives and and otherwise. So I kind of wanted to take a different thread on that for a minute about, you know, this idea of like, well, amateurs entering the coaching scene, learning by doing the coaching, you know, does it take a doer to be a teacher? Uh, I just kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit with you about how you're sort of viewing that now that you've really professionalized, in my opinion, this activity, but people might have questions like that and thoughts like yeah. that. Dude, go for it. Okay. So, um, how, you know, what, what qualifies somebody to be a coach in disc golf? Let's go there. Yeah. Well, do you have a YouTube channel? Okay. That That's it. Voila. Okay. No. So, uh, my definition of coaching is that a coach needs to be able to communicate relevant knowledge. So there's a knowledge component. They have to be able to look at you and say, here's what you need. So they have to know what you need first off. And then second, they have to be able to find the words to explain that to you so that you can improve. So a coach moves someone along kind of the desired path but yeah that's it 
do do you think there are levels of coaching proficiency? Oh, um, so do you mean like this person is a coach for beginners? Or are you talking about like niches? Or are you talking about well, yeah, actually, this person's? Go ahead. Let's go with the first thing. Yeah, it's sort of like you know, uh, actually, dance is a good example where I I had training where there there were kind of like really did seem to be people that would instruct people up from a very beginner stage to sort of an intermediate stage. And then there were coaches really known for like, okay, these are the people that get you onto TV and in competitive scenes. Right. Yeah. So I think there are specializations. So someone might be good at teaching younger players or older players or advanced players or beginner players because the way you communicate and generally those people fall into different kind of groups or propensities. So I think the hardest thing is to take a beginning player and move them to um, above average. I think that's the hardest thing um, because you can have a really good player who you cannot say the wrong thing to, like they're going to get better. So when we talk about like, oh, this person is a advanced coach, it's like, okay, maybe they have just a really good player. Like, yeah, I'm not well, sure they, if they, I'm answering your question. No, no, like, so yeah, let me, let me probe around this because I've gotten pretty interested in this and what you specifically would think about this. So, you know... One of the things that um, happens as players get better is I, I think most people can appreciate this. There's a lot of self-selection, right? So um, you take somebody that just has all the drive. They get in love with the sport. And it's it's a weird thing, right? It's like most people still aren't going into throwing Frisbees to make millions of dollars. It's a very recent phenomenon. And that's only at the tippy top of the sport. So there's something else getting people into that and getting them to be driven to be very good but you know how much is it Gannon Burr was interacting with every resource he could find and putting his young body in the prime of development through everything he could compulsively versus the input other people were giving to him and I, I think that something else I've been thinking a lot about is you know again appreciating real limits myself firsthand is like all right well where should my expectations be for myself? I check in about that every couple months. I'm sort of like, you know, is my distance going to move much at the rate I'm moving here? Or am I really just trying to pick up my floor at this point, right? These are questions people may or may not be asking themselves. And they're all going to look a little bit different. But I, what, where I'm wondering about for you is, you know, th this kind of idea that, um, well, well, what I need to do is find the right coach, or, well, what I really need to do is listen to the Stokely method versus the overthrow versus the Seabass method, right? Maybe I need to go back to slingshot. Maybe I need to hop over here to trebuchet, right? So, like, there's this, like, proliferation of what you could call resources or you could call good information or you could call bad information. And my question is, what role and how should people be helping people parse through it? That's what coaching is to me. But that's where I'm interested in it, right? It's like, yeah, I like the academic stuff. I really love that. But I'm actually more interested now in like, how do you just like take all of this stuff and help people get better at it, right? Yeah. And that is such a 
interesting. You don't know. That's the thing is you don't know because it's so individual with each student. But it's really a matter of, is this person a, worthy of being a coach? Well, there's only one way to answer that question. It needs a little bit of time. And then you have to look at their students and say, can they move their students forward? Can they move their clientele forward? So almost regardless of what you say, um, it's it's all about the end result of the student. So whether you're as knowledgeable as the next guy, I mean, you think about the Williams sisters, right? Their dad wasn't some crazy, he, he was not probably knowledgeable enough to coach them in the in the beginning, right? So he just copied other people and he didn't have the knowledge there, but he had the communications and he had the drills and he had all of that to move them along, right? And then they became what they are. So it's really it's really tough to parse out like who can be a coach. It's like who can make players better. That's that's all that really matters if you get down to it. Um, so, and then as a coach, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep improving. And the hard thing is, like for example, I, um, I'm sure there are forums and there are things written about me that I don't want to read. But when I entered the scene. My communication level was high, but my knowledge level was low. And my knowledge level is the thing that I have to constantly work on. And of course, I'm working on the communication thing, but it's like, should I have not started when I started because I didn't have the knowledge? It's like, well, um, my client base, like there are people who would not have improved if I didn't start when I started. Sure. Yeah. And so it's like, do you just wait? And the way that you get better is coaching is really coaching. Yeah. And it's the, there are moments there that really suck as a coach where you're just like, why can't I get this person doing the right thing? Yeah. And then you search and you start pouring into a subject and you're like, what's the deal with this? Like, why do they keep doing this thing where their back knee totally collapses into their front knee? And what's up with that? And then yeah. it's that frustration and all that that leads me to a loop ghost video. I'm like, oh, it's a posture thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so it's like, you learn and you learn and you get better and better and it, it's just it's kind of a no win situation because you've got to become a better coach on the back of um kind of failures in coaching with students and so it's tough man it's like what's a successful coach well somebody can move them along so in the beginning i was successful with some people and now I'm, you know, more successful because my knowledge has increased or the way that I've learned to say things. Now I've got this Belt. kind of portfolio experiment. It's like, well, I taught. And for me, it's almost like as I learn, I can see like how I taught people that month. It was like, well, this was like the drill that I was really fixated on this month. And this is like how I was explaining this concept. And then you come back a month later and it's like, yeah, that didn't work for like half these people. And you're like, yeah. that sucks. Like that really sucks because they paid for a lesson. I'm on the lesson. I'm communi communicating everything I can. And it's like, should I not have taught that lesson? It's like, no, I, like I should have taught that lesson, but should I? It, it's anyways. Well, yeah. And I mean, well, so I, I have the benefit. I can, part of my full-time job is I'm also teach. Right. And I mean, like, it's all the, the same in some sense. Like I, I have the first version of what I did, you know, six years ago with the course. 
and the bones of the knowledge are often pretty similar. But like what I do in the classroom is almost nothing like what the slides imply would happen six years ago, even if the slides don't change. Right. And so it's sort of like for me, you know, and I've seen this in some communities. It's like, well, do I really want to learn from somebody learning while doing? It's like, well, maybe yes or maybe no. I don't know. It depends on you. It depends on where you're at, right? Well, do I really want to like learn from the most credentialed person on a professional scene? Do I go to a Eulaberry or try to get a Chris Taylor? How do I get access to these people? Do I want to pay several hundred bucks an hour? Right? Like those all need to be decisions from potential mentees. Because those are all fair questions. You should ask those questions as a consumer. And then I think you hopefully have the choice of whether to continue or not to do it in the first place. And I think you know, as a, as a teacher, for me, you know, if I'm not continuously learning, I have failed at my job. I hope that's happening until I choose to retire. That's, that's not a cliche that that's true because most of what happens in the room now is like knowledge actually moves kind of slow, even though it feels faster and faster these days. It's like a lot of things you see in like science buzzfeeds about neuroscience is like, it's either just outrightly BS, a little bit BS, or we kind of knew something about it a long time ago, and it's sort of like the the new flavor of it. It really is more like that for a lot of concepts. And so when I teach it, well, what changes? Yeah, there's updates, but it's also like, how do I dynamically show it? How do, how do I show this this neurological disorder with my body? What does that look like? Why is, why is it different in the room with you than on a screen, right? That kind of problem is interesting. So I'm asking you this because, yeah, sure, we, everybody gets talked about and then people have other conversations. I always am paying attention to what people say about coaches on forums and, and Reddit because I'm a curious guy. And I just, I'm just thinking to myself when I read that, I'm like, well, who's going to do it? Really? Like, who's, are you going to wait for Paul Yulaberry to figure out his perfect coaching regimen, right? And then, and then where's he going to get the time? Right? Who, who's going to have access to what? Like, what do you think baseball looked like? A hundred. Think about how old that sport is. Mm. Hundred years ago wasn't even the beginning of baseball, right? Now it's slick and professional, and there's tons of competition for the top. But you can learn a, a lot from a lot of people, right? It's still just not like that in disc golf, from my perspective. So I just sort of like, so so in my humble opinion, you're you're a frontiersman in that space, right? Trying to like make it more, more public. I see you grow. I see you challenge yourself, but that's the question is about like, like, should everybody get a refund from what I was teaching six years ago in the classroom? And I'm like, well, did I do better than the alternative, which was nothing? My answer is still yes. Absolutely. It's yes. But you, you never know for a given person, right? That's the pro That's what, that's what wrenches at me. That's what drives me to get better. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about people getting better. I'm talking about you getting better. Because that's the problem I'm trying to solve. That's the hardest problem, actually, right? Anyway, so I'm just writing right. now. Yeah, and the thing is, and I'll just tell this to you, uh, is that when they sign up for that lesson at whatever your rate is, like they've seen, hopefully, if you're a student out there, like they've seen my videos, they see where I'm at, they've seen your videos, they see where you're at. By the way, when are you putting out more videos? Uh, I have a couple plans this month, so I'm, I'm still, uh, just, just to foreshadow, I have a couple things I, I'm being really self-referential on purpose because I'm putting myself through a lot right now, mm -hmm. also for the benefit of teaching. So my next couple are sort of like integrating what I'm working on in my own form with, uh, I have this early versus late stage form clip series where I explicitly compare like young Simon to modern Simon. 
and point a few things out and what I'm trying to pick up from that. And then I'm considering going back to some of my original content and doing either makeovers or redos just to fresh it because I, I moved nothing like I did, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing is it's like, well, you always feel like if you like every time you put out a video, someone writes a comment or whatever, and it's like, well, you know, it's actually um, don't think about if you think about the rotation for nobody said this. I'm creating a comment in my head, sure. but it's like think about rotation first and you'll miss the shift. But if you get the shift, you'll get the rotation. Right. So if someone wrote that comment on my video, I'd be like, dang, you'd have uh, you'd have 200 comments of this is amazing. I'm throwing 50 feet further. You changed my life. And you got the one comment there and you're like, dang, I got to reshoot the whole video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, I just and then you learn. It's like you would just have a brace video every week. Yeah, you would. It's like you would never get to any other topics because you're always learning. And it's like, you've got to understand that people are coming to you to, and this is me like preaching myself. It's, uh, you got to understand people are coming to you for who you currently are and a good coach. And part of, part of who you are as a coach and what you're looking for in a coach is a continual learner. So if you're, if you're looking at coach and it's like, this guy knows it all. Okay, that's not the coach for me because I want the guy who's like still learning. That uh, if yeah. someone's like, if someone comes out and they do a instead of doing a three sixty clockwise, they go three sixty backhand counterclockwise and throw further. I want my coach to be like, "Yo, what's up with that? Let me go figure that like, out." Like, is yeah. this is this a thing? Do I need to like switch over this? I want yeah. my coach to be like, "Boom." Yeah. Like what's what's happening with all this stuff? Like what's up with this new putting style where people aren't using as much leg as they used to? What's up with Gannon Burr? Why is this a thing? So, yeah. You know, there there's there's all, all those examples and I I think Josh in my humble opinion again, the healthy response to those comments is to get that feeling. Right? And then what you do with it next is what matters more, right? It's sort of like, you know, first of all, sometimes it's just incoherent, it doesn't make sense. Other times it's like this weird thing and it's not just disc golf it's like some of it's the context about what those words mean and how they're said and it's like the the example you made up from the top of your head i'm like it depends what you meant in that context like maybe right like i'd have to see what was going on right and so you know i i think that uh for me one of the things where i know the sentence you said is true whether people want to believe it or not and this is the cranky scientist in me I see no disc golf science. And what I mean by science is controlled experimentation from people who have probably done a dissertation on something in a related field, who have grown for hundreds and hundreds of hours on some esoteric bullshit. Sorry, excuse the word. and bleep You're that good. out. Mikey, you'll uh, if we keep that in. All right. Thanks, Mikey. And so, <laughs> you know, that that's the life of these people that do the kind of science I'm talking about. Like, we, we, don't, we don't have anything remotely like that. You might get some pressure readings. You got, might get... Fancy 3D renderings on that. And it's like, oh, well, what's good form? And like, well, who did you have in the monitor? We now have those measurements from Chris Taylor coming out. Who's doing what kinds of analyses? Who's who's computing measurements with EMG from the muscles and the fascia? Right? What are the measurement strategies? Why do people not argue about it? We'll still argue about why it's a swing or a pull. Can we all agree it's a throw? Right? Like this this kind of stuff feels like the the kind of turnstile people are going through. So for me, that drives me to the knowledge base and realizing really for disc golf how shallow it is. But then when I look at other throwing sports and swinging sports, I'm like, that's actually quite deep. And so, you know, I just, I think that this is still 
hopefully disc golf grows in a healthy way. It's going through growing pains, of course, but like that's the opportunity for everyone, right? It's learning for me. That's what gets me up in the morning. What am I going to learn today? Oh my God, I know next to nothing. So when I do something like spend my free time writing a fundamentals guide, which by the way, is in a draft I'm about to release on the forum, right? I know it's full of half truths because we have no yardstick, but I can look around what's going on in disc golf and say, this is probably mostly not wrong, right? Let's, let's, let's start with that maybe because the problem is everybody's kind of, you know, wild westing it. And I think that that's how everything starts before we make progress. So if a coach isn't learning, that's my long way to say, if the coach isn't learning, what's going on? Because we all need to be learning something. I don't care. Name your favorite coach. They, they have something to learn because we don't have all the data and we don't have all the experiments. We simply don't. So how can we know everything? Yeah. Yeah. And that wild westing it is uh, a good way of explaining the current feel, the current disc golf coaching environment. How long do you think we're away from not doing that or what needs to happen before we're like, okay, here's a unified front that yeah. these fundamentals that you are putting in a disc golf course review form, which could you send me those uh, yeah, or well, the thread or I'll something? The draft. I'm so yeah. bad at navigating yeah. disc golf course no, review. I, I forgive you. I understand. <laughs> I, I have I... put myself through the <laughs> for the pain to express this for free to the broader world. Yeah, yeah. I only, I only, I'm only on there when Seabass sends me something from there. Yeah. And we got something to talk about, by the way. Uh, yeah, please. Related there. I'm going to put that in the Patreon section, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what needs to happen before we're like, okay, this like back leg disc golf is a viable way or not viable way. We're kind of all on the same page here or whatever yeah. it is. Is it a pool? Is it a, you know, back yeah. shoulder, front shoulder? It, yep. Uh, I'll give you kind of, uh, I'll even get like a little spicy and give opinions, which I, I try to mm, refrain from. Yeah. But, but before what needs to happen in general, I, I actually think we need incentives to do real studies. Like is I hate to say it, but I'm a scientist, so I don't like you. And, and that requires some money. That requires somebody having skin in the game to say that's an interesting thing that somewhere yields a profit to somebody. And I'm I'm an idealist. I'm happy that a lot of my job involves not money, but a lot of it involves getting money to do research and failing at it often until you get the right pitch for the right people. Right? Disc golf isn't really going through that. And I just have to think it's like that. I don't know where the, the curve is. I don't know if this golf is really just kind of flattening out after COVID or if it's going to kind of now go to just a normative growth rate and keep growing. Somewhere there's a threshold and someone will care about, I want to answer these questions scientifically. I think that that has been a driver in golf and in baseball, unlike many other sports where people have incredible data on human motion and muscle, all these other topics. And so the, the coaching problem, and there is still always there, in my opinion, you know, the, you're going to, you're going to get AI to do heavy lifting on certain topics. I think that's true, but getting people to do things is always going to be a problem if people want to do things. So the kind of tools available, I think will rapidly get exciting. We're already seeing a lot of kind of like 2d to 3d inference apps and, and all these other tools you can use. And I think that um, for me, it's sort of like, well, what, what, what would cause me to hop the fence and go full-time coaching? 
I mean, you have to, you have to threaten my, my salary is, is the truth of it right now. That's a life thing for me. Um, but, but you also have to like make me feel like the way I get it when I publish a paper, right? So I'm writing this fundamentals guide, which is half pictures and half words on purpose, right? Because I was interested in the problem about, can I tell a story about this? Can I, can I write and show a story in words like I would a book? It'll be kind of amateurish and, you know, hacking because it's not my full-time thing. But can I get us started? Nobody's done this, Josh. Like, there, there are books for sports science and other genes. Nobody's even started that in disc golf. So, for me, it was this niche hobby space where I'm like, well, what usually happens is people like Josh trying to bring a model to the masses one weirdo like me going in and like, how do I translate all this arcane gibberish into a framework and a theory, right? And people willing to be wrong a little bit and often, and you just keep going. I really think that's true. And then you can't really predict in the history of things, like where certain sparks happen. You still can't even do this in science. Like, I don't know who's going to get funded the next funding cycle, really, for any grant. So for me, it's scale, it's growth, it's, it's curiosity, it's investment. Right, it's it's making it worth it for people's time. Um, I'm I'm happy to say, I think that this will start to get sorted out. One by things you're doing here, we could all have a whole other conversation, or we could just debate words people use and whether that's the right thing to say and why. Right, I'm sure we could do that. Sure. And so, like, what you're doing just just by having a podcast like this is like get people to talk to each other finally, and honestly and openly. And like the weird stuff shakes out in the long run. I really think that's true, especially as you start to add standards of evidence. And part of evidence is are people getting bettered? And that's coaching. And so you'll see it or not. And and I think that'll tell you a lot. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my... my oh, my, it makes total sense. Yeah. 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 And I'm glad that there are people like you and Seabass and Loop Ghost who are like looking at that stuff because... That is not my first. My first place that I want to go is generally just matching. Get you to look like this. And sure. what can I say? I'm just testing. Like, what can I say? I say this, they look like this. I say this, they look like this. Um, and just kind of plugging in one at a time, not like, hey, let's like trace this thing all the way back to the source and figure out, like, God bless you. And uh, I'll... I will read your thing. So oh, I, 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 well, so, so here's the thing you're going to tell me is like, did you find it accessible enough to like not eyes glaze over? Because that was kind of my goal. I didn't want it to be so technical. Like you have to be interested, obviously, informed to want to pick it up in the first place. But it's also not like designed to make you better. And that's part of the disclaimer at the front end. I'm like, this is mostly about conceptual mechanics. It's not even about biological mechanics for the most part. It's about how to move. And so, you know, in that kind of theory, and I really think of that, that's, this is my now hot take part, I kind of have a theory of movement I use. I have a posture theory to the disc golf swing. I have a way of watching postures move through space and how that connects to the ground and how that connects part of the body and finally to a disc. And I think it's similar to throwing balls and hammers and you modify it to a disc in a lot of ways. And part of that's my own learning history. Part of that's because I've spent time looking across all these other resources and my coach did that too. And so one of my goals as an instructor was to think, all right, I actually discourage most people from reading this because like you could probably just go out and get better faster. But if you're really interested in thinking about this stuff, maybe this is interesting for you to, to pick up, right? And all you need, I hope, is a few people to get invested in like, oh yeah, like that's actually, it, 
is the muscle really working that way for that part of the thing? Maybe I need to get somebody to go look into that because what's happening at the top end of baseball? You get people digging for two miles an hour with people with this enormous knowledge base who have spent tons of time with very smart people trying to winnow out possibilities and using all of these tools for coaching, right? It's light years away from where the coaches are now in disc golf. So I, I kind of, I hope I see that in the future, but I think theory has something to do with it. I think we're going to get to a point where it's like, no, seriously, you say these words and for coaching, what, in my opinion, whatever word works is what does, right? I think when it comes down to kind of debating, how does it work? Well, the words are incredibly important there, just like they are in other sciences. But the problem is, where do you start? Right. And so, so for me, that was actually the hardest part was deciding where do I start writing about this? And that's what I took a year and a half to write. I was just sort of like, oh, I'm going to write this until I feel like I'm done or I get bored. Fortunately, I didn't get bored. And, you know, now I'll start showing people and we'll see what they think. Well, I'm sure they're going to love it. I'm going to love it. And I don't know if my eyes will or will not glaze over. It won't make you better, but it might interest you once in a while. <laughs> there's that's all. Not, there's, uh, I've, you know, I'm at this point where the better I become, and I think I said this with Loop Ghost, but the better I become at coaching, the worse I become at playing. It's just. Well, how much time? I actually, let's get back to that. How much time do you do one or the other? I'm interested in this. Oh, I coach way more than I play, but, uh. And, you know, not just the coaching, but the learning and the watching videos and stuff like that too. Um, it's way more, yeah, than than playing. But I don't feel like it's. I could be wrong. You know, this is a this is a data thing. Is I could plot it out. I mean, but we play a couple times a week, probably four or five times a week when we're when we're here, which is a decent amount. But Good. I'm not going out and doing um, field work and stuff like that. But yeah. you're, you're just enjoying the game. You go out and you throw. I'm enjoying. Good time, right? Maybe not so much. <laughs> you're cursing at I'm, trees. I'm just, as well. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. The, I'm just cursing my putters the yeah, whole time. But some of it's enjoyable. Yeah. So <laughs> some of it. I, no. that's, that's great. That, that's a very clear answer. Some of this yeah. is enjoyable. Yeah. No, the experimentation for me, it's like I've just come to the realization that I just cannot and will not get to the point where I can play an entire round without experimenting on something. Yeah. It's like, I'll just go, okay, I'll be on the tee box. I'll be walking up and halfway through, I'll think, oh, like approach shot form or drive form. And then boom, there it is. Yeah. First available on the left. And I'll like yeah. switch and be like, oh, there's kind of the differences here. Or I'll be thinking as my hands dropping down spin putt or push putt. And I'll think yeah. about the differences of those mechanics because yeah. I'm like, coaching people through this and like, oh, yeah. how would I help have somebody? And I'm, you can't brain hack your own brain if you know all the code. It's no. like, you can't trick yourself. Like we were talking about with the exaggeration before. I, 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 look, I believe this is so, and again, just to name it, I'd, I'd be real curious talking to somebody who still is touring and coaching, right? And, and kind of how they sort of manage that. But like, for sure, I have the brain chatter problem. And, you know, from a, even in a coaching perspective, like I've seen this over and over and over again and been through it about like, just like, well, I got to have the swing thought of mine and like, this has to be there. And it's like, you know, by the time I get up to a tee to play a casual round, this is, this takes actually like prep at the start of the round. I have to do certain habits just to like keep the chatter down. And usually by hole nine, that, that knob is dialed up again. And then, like, I found tricks that, like, okay, kind of tamp it back down again mid-round, right? Because, yeah, like, especially somebody that didn't, like, drink it growing up, 
you know, a lot of it had to be cerebral before I got my body to do it. And they're basically like compulsive, intrusive thoughts, like just like the clinical syndrome, right? They're just like popping in. I don't want them. They're not helping me. And I'm trying to respond to them. And I, I literally use tools from clinical psychology to kind of move on. And I'm more or less successful sometimes than others. So I, so I asked you that too, because, you know, like I've really noticed this difference too. And it makes, it gives me sympathy for students about like right now I'm back in a phase of like working on distance form, trying to push, right. Getting a sense where my limits are, like going through that cycle again. I know I can't put rounds after those days because I will be physically not, not in great shape for a round after that. And I I'm probably like putting two days of padding between it. So like, I have like mostly like an athletic conditioning program going on and I'm enjoying like around a week. Right. Like, the, mm. and that's just because of the life cycle I'm in. So I asked you this as a coach, because like, there, there's also a point where like, I dial it back for a few weeks. And I just enjoy throwing in my like awful thoughts. Right. <laughs> like the awful intrusive <laughs> thoughts of the course. And it's like a battle just to like, no, no, like you're here to enjoy throwing Frisbees. Like that's what you're really here to do. Try to try yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The intellectual <laughs> ascension is there. Oh, this yeah. is all for fun. This is all yeah. for fun. And then halfway it's, up it's the fun. T-pad, it's like. <laughs> it's fun. Spin rate. Yeah, no. And the worst part is that like, I was like, that that's like this this happened to me in the last six months. It's like that shot was actually pretty good, but it was not it wasn't yeah. better. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. better than it was. So and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh a, just a nice thing to be a player sometimes. And yeah. I I uh don't know if I've told this story. Or not, but when we went up to visit Simon, I I just am always tweaking. So we're at Pyramids, getting ready to film Simon vlogging. He's like, "How many stroke?" And I'd made the mistake of burying the first two holes. And he's like, "Okay, cool. Hey, how many strokes do I have to give you to make this competitive?" I'm like, "Dude, you don't understand. Like, you really don't understand. You could give me 50. I don't know where this is going. Like, there's no amount of strokes you can give me right now because what happened was we were, uh, we had filmed the Drew thing, whatever. We're back there. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just shoot a te- shoot a message over to Simon on Instagram and see, like, maybe he'd like to do the slow mo thing that we did with Drew. Yeah. Um, because I thought, okay, who else can we get? You know, Simon was one of our first subscribers. He's like early, like 1,000. And it was like, okay, he's seen us. He knows we exist. Maybe he'll do the slow-mo thing. So I messaged him and he responds back like right away. And uh, this is on a Thursday. Or no, 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 this is on Wednesday. And he's like, yeah, I've got, uh, he's like, I've got Sunday and Monday. Or he's like, I got Sunday open. This is on Thursday. I've got a, I'm the... I'm in the middle of a form breakdown for myself, um, as well as being a director of a country club. So it's like, uh, even if I get fired, I got to go. Yeah. So I went and it was in, there was no like, you know, some form rebuilds and you kind of hesitate when people are like, oh, I got a tournament this weekend. Or they tell you at like the end yeah. of the lesson. Yeah. After you do the lesson, it's like, hey, I just want to like look at my form and they're like, oh, by the way, I got a tournament this weekend. It's like, dude, I w- would not have done the lesson this way. <laughs> yeah, don't. We would have talked about other We're stuff. We're not touching that today. Yeah. All right. And yeah. there's some stuff that you're like, okay, this is worth looking at before your tournament in two weeks because it's low enough hanging fruit in 
pretty easily fixed in some cases where you should at least try it. Yeah. Like try this grip change and if it's awful, just then throw it just out. revert back. Yep. No just problem. Don't worry about right? it. You're we'll not, get back to it. Yep. Yeah, you're not worried about that too much. Versus like a uh uh change uh how you walk up. Like do that just this whole thing that's gonna change it, it your entire aiming mechanism. Like let's change that. So I was yeah. in one of those like there was no V 1.0 that I could revert back to. Yeah. I was, we saved, we overrode the file and there was no way back. And so yeah. that's where I was with Simon. I was like, Hey, you know, when I get students like that, I'm like, look, this is going to suck. And you know, <laughs> nobody understands this suck more than me. Cause if you ever want to play good disc golf and be able to hit putts in lines, it's probably with Simon Lazat and Maple Hill. Yeah. Um, so I feel it. It yeah. sucks, but, uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you'll get over it eventually. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, you you rise you rise to certain challenges and and not others. So <laughs> yeah, <sighs> uh, yeah. Anyways, so, so was... where, where where do you um, you know, I, I kind of want your take on this too. Like, what what, what do you think it's going to take to to push? And I guess I could be more specific uh, than than just in general, right? Like, you know words about you know what is the brace and what is the weight shift and you know i really pulling right you know to me i perceive like you're interested in the coaching problem while growing the knowledge how important though do you think it is to advance those words and the knowledge base given where disc golf is now i mean i think as you have students you're going to advance the words that's the thing is the good coaches out there are going to say you know, weight shift or pressure shift, or, you know, you're going to start dealing with those different, like, okay, well, weight's technically stacked vertically and pressure is, um, can be measured like horizontally or not vertically, basically. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I say weight with some people. Sometimes I say pressure for me. It's not like a, I always use one word. So sometimes I'll tell people, uh, I mean, I could tell somebody you need to rotate like don't shift you need to rotate right that's like something that could happen i don't remember the last time i said that but yeah. you know there sometimes you just have to get the opposite word in somebody's head it's really just a matter of what word works for that person and then it's our job as coaches to know like when i talk to you behind closed doors like okay what's really happening like when i read stuff it's like okay yes i need to understand that it's actually pressure and not wait. Sure. But really, my students don't need to understand that difference unless I feel like they need to, right? Some students do, some students don't. But we've got to know everything we can know, and we've got to know what it actually is, and then what kind of the substitutionary words we can use are. So I think it's important, obviously, to understand the concept and if there are words that better flesh out the concept, then yeah. But there are a million brace videos out there. I saw this comment on Reddit earlier. It was like, everyone teaches a brace, but, or, yeah, everybody teaches the brace, but they don't know how. Or, everybody talks about the brace, but they don't know how to teach it. That's what he said. Everybody talks about the brace, but they don't know how to teach it. And it's like, that's kind of the feeling for students if you're looking at, okay, this guy's using this language, this guy's using this language. It's like, you need the difference in language to get, correct thoughts through people's heads but also you need undergirding that accurate language for
for the coaches to discuss, you know, behind the scenes and say what really is correct here so that you can go, okay, yeah, yeah, there's rotation and there's shifting. Okay, but Josh, you know, if you actually rotate prior to your weight shift, you're not going to have a brace and a plant and all that. It's like you got to know the causes and the effects and what actually happens. So I do think there's always something to learn there. Yeah. Yep. So um, unless you have any other burning questions that you want the general public to know or have answered, then I'd like to move into our Patreon only segment. Um, this sure. is for our patrons. They can find us obviously www.patreon.com slash overthrow disc golf. Um, and they've submitted a couple questions. I don't think there are that many, but I've got a couple of my, my own okay. anyways that we can talk about for the last. This is where the real, real dicey stuff can come up now. Yeah. This is where we talk about, yeah, some stuff that they might've seen on our the questions sure. that they have for you specifically. And then I've got one that's based on content that I've put out that I know uh, because of things that we have a disagreement on. Oh, sweet. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, I'm interested in that. Okay. But um, for everybody else, thanks for tuning in. We're going to put yeah, the Patreon Yeah, thanks everybody for made it this far. Love it. Thank you. Yep. And uh, go subscribe to his channel. He's going to be putting up new stuff there. The new series is very interesting. Um, I did watch your latest, your oh. latest video and... How'd that go for you? <laughs> no, it's good. I'm okay. I'm uh, very interested in the difference between, uh, you know, kind of this down resisting downward pressure versus forward pressure and that being stylistic or maybe uh -huh. one being easier than the other uh -huh. uh, regarding the brace. But more on that yep. in our Patreon nice. exclusive right, portion. Yep. So, cool. cool. All right. Onward to Patreon. So. Okay. Uh, there are really not that many questions. There are two. Okay. Uh, first one is super easy. Is the rocking the baby name of your form theory yo-yo inspired? Yo-yo <laughs> inspired? Yeah. Like we're I, talking up and down yo-yo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did briefly do some yo-yoing in high school, but it was more inspired by literally taking my baby daughter at the time and then feeling what it was like to like rock her around, but thankfully not throw her. Great question.